Welcome to the Sports Film Pitch, where we bring amazing true stories and pitch them to you as the next great sports movie. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a sports historian and movie quote expert, and I am bringing you this great combo of sports and movies. We all love sports movies like Rudy, Moneyball, Remember the Titans. And all of these movies are based off true stories. And they all started with a pitch. And that is where we are starting. Because there are so many more true stories out there that could be made into the next great blockbuster. We're going to give you the casting so you can visualize these characters as we tell you the amazing story. And then we're going to finish it off with a great parody theme at the end. So stick around. And now is time for the pitch. 1,000 miles. Freezing weather. Two weeks in the snow. Two friends. Fight down to the last second to win the historic Iditarod Sports Film Pitch presents Snow Race the 1978 Iditarod coming this Thursday Casting the Snow Race What do we do? We have two main leads in this that is Dick Mackey, the older, more grizzled, mustachioed man, roughly about 45 years old. And then we have Rick, Sw- Rick Swinson, the younger, up-and-coming Fina, the goat, as some, the king of the Iditarod, in his early years. These are the two men we are casting today. So let's start with Dick Mackey, the older grizzled man. Looking around, Dick's kind of a, a unique guy. I didn't go so much on looks on this because it's very hard to kind of compare. I don't know, try to find a good actor that would, you know, have to look exactly like him. I don't think we need to look exactly like him. I think the biggest part in looking like Dick Mackey is his mustache. It is a fantastic mustache. And one that surprisingly, after a race that lasts two weeks, looks fantastic at the finish line. We'll post a picture on that one. And when I think of a mustachioed older man, what comes to mind besides the Tom Selleck's and the, and the Sam Elliott's of the world and anyone from Tombstone, of course. I think the one we all think of, especially if you are a Parks and Rec fan, is Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman, the actor who played Ron Swanson, has a fantastic mustache, and usually where it has some type of facial hair, mustache, or full beard. And I think he could really bring a good mustache to this role. I think that's what's needed. And what's also needed is these two men are not their antagonist in the movie, but they're also friends. And they also work together throughout the movie, throughout the story, to finish this race. And why it actually ends up being so close is because they are working together. So it needs to be friendly, but also stern and 
you know, that grizzled veteran that he is. Dick Mackey is. And Nick Offerman can pull that off. If you ever watch Parks and Rec, it's what I'm pulling from. But he's also been in plenty of other movies and TV shows. Such as The Founder, Fargo, the TV series. And the 21, 22 Jump Street movies as well. He's got a lot of chops in, in the comedy realm, but he also dives into the dramatic, serious roles as well. And I think this would fit both having some comedic things in it because you need to have some comedy in a race <laughs> that lasts for two weeks. And he fits that bill and could really connect with a younger person as he does when Parks and Rec with the younger people in the office. He connects with them, but he's also that father figure and that really fits in with this character and his role. And his friend and competitor in the movie, which is Rick Swinson, not to be, makes me think of Ron Swanson, Rick Swinson. I think this role would really need to be filled by someone that's likable, you know, that up and coming person that's, you know, you, you like for him, you root for him. But he's also can be kind of cocky as well, even though he is likable. And I think a person that fits that really well is Miles Teller. And I, I picked Miles Teller too because Rick, also a mustachioed man, a very well mustachioed man. And he pulls off a great mustache in the most recent movie, Top Gun Maverick, where he plays Rooster. But he's also been known for other great roles such as Whiplash, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, the Divergent series, he was in that terrible Fantastic Four movie, not because of him. <laughs> He's been a very good actor overall, but just been in Project X as well, War Dogs, and of course, Maverick. And so he, he's got the acting chops. He, and he's kind of, if you ever watched him in a movie, he's got that likability factor, but also very cockiness in his way of of just acting. And I think that fits Rick really well because Rick's already won this race before. He's got that confidence. He's the favorite. He's the front runner. And even though he's, you know, 15, 20 years younger than Dick, they're friends through all these races they've gone through together and colleagues. But Dick had, doesn't have the acclaim that Rick does. Rick is like that phenom. Rick eventually gets like known as the king of the Iditarod. Because he ends up winning five of these more. He ends up winning more races than anyone else. So he, he's a, a really pivotal character. But you need to like him and hate him at the same time. He's both. And that, that's really, I think, something that Miles pulls off incredibly well. So these are the two characters, Rick Swinson as Miles Teller, or Miles Teller as Rick Swinson, the up-and-coming phenom, and we got Nick Offerman as Dick Mackey, the grizzled veteran, looking for his first So the movie opens, we're going to be flying into beautiful Anchorage, Alaska. We're showing both Dick, which is Nick Offerman, and Rick, which is Miles Teller, they're flying in together. They're buddies. They got a couple other guys with them. One being Emmett Peters, who ends up finishing third in this race. 
they're they're a group of guys. There's close knitness in sled dog racing at this time because it's a close knit family. Not many people do this at the time. Only people from Alaska entered this race. Later, there will be people from other countries, other states, things like that that join the race. But at the moment, this is only the fifth year that there is that did arrive. So they are very close knit. Not a whole lot of people do it. In this year, there is 34 people in this race. So it's not a small race. And remember, that's 34 people with 12 to 16 dogs per sled. That is a lot of dogs <laughs> in the town. And it takes a lot of time to get all this situated. So they come together and they will be in this ball where they kind of get to know each other. And this is where they just die, decide the order they're going to go through to be released for the race. Given that there's so many dogs and so many racers, they can't start like, uh, cross-country race, mile race, any kind of race you can think of. It'd be more similar to a NASCAR race or an F1 race. Race where you're staggered a little bit or you're, you're not on top of each other. And they don't hold a qualifying thing or anything like that. So you got to get your number and you go. So they get their number. It's not a really big importance because over, over the race, they even the timeout. Because they release every two minutes. And so when you get to a checkpoint, they'll even that time out. So there's not as much of a jumble. Because it's dangerous for the animals to be just in a huge pack. Can get you know, aggressive with each other. Or can get tangled with each other. Injured. So many things can happen when you get so many dogs in one place. So you stagger the time. They, they leave. So this is where they kind of get their plan together and what they're going to do. Dick and Rick start kind of talking like, you know, we can just kind of jokingly like, dude, we can just do this together, you know, ride or die. <laughs> we can ride together. We can camp together. We can just like work our way together and, you know, finish strong together. If the weather works out, because you never know what the weather's going to be. This is a race that's a thousand miles and it takes the very first race took 20 days to do well, going past 21 so 21 total days but 20 days and so many hours to do and it's shortened since it takes closer to just a little over two weeks both these guys finish just over that and it's a long time you're going to be camping out in the middle of nowhere you're going to be having supplies doing checkpoints going to different little towns so many things there's there's a lot of things that can help you and hinder you in the race. And having a partner as you do it is great. Now, remember, Rick has won this race twice already. Dick has not won this race. Dick is the older man. So he's kind of got a little jealous streak towards Rick. And especially because the previous two years, you know, Rick has won. And he has never won this race. And this race is becoming more famous. And, you know, they're giving a $12,000 prize to the winner which in today's money is just over fifty thousand dollars not millionaire status in some leagues you get it but that is you know a yearly salary for you know the average american 
and that's kind of stayed consistent. This year it was just over $50,000 that the Iditarod winner took. So they've matched kind of inflation as they went, which is interesting. So they do this, they intermingle. We're gonna, we're gonna throw in a little cameo to Susan Butcher. She is the first female to actually finish the Iditarod and she actually ends up winning it four times. Uh, this year she doesn't win, she finishes 19th, but just to kind of get the notion out there, this isn't just a man's sport. Men, women and men can do this and it doesn't matter a lot. This is about knowing your team, knowing your dogs, knowing the terrain. That's about physicality. It takes a lot of physicality to do it. You have to be able to survive the weather hazards, but it's not about physically being more stronger, faster, or anything physically. It's more about mentality and being able to survive and understand your dogs. And that's a great thing about this sport. It's not just men. It's women are involved in it too. And women win. She won four times. It's not just that they're, they're involved. Now, back then, you, there was only one route. Eventually, as the race becomes bigger and more well-known, they create a southern route to the race to allow the little towns along the raceway some for some leniency or some allow them a break to be able to not have as many visitors to the area not have as many people disrupting their modern way of life these are a lot of villages that rely on the land rely on not a whole lot of tourism so they don't have the amenities for it and so they split it up a little bit and it's the same distance you know roughly the same time doesn't change the race overall but it allows that break for these checkpoints they'll go through and there's 27 checkpoints that eventually go through and so they take off at the race they, they leave anchorage they're going to nome alaska and of course we all know the balto story and that's a, that's an inspiration for this race but they take off and they're actually able to get the lead. They get the lead early and they're like right on each other's trails. And honestly, I think this is a good strategy. I don't know how much this is actually employed going on. There could be teams, you know, we're going to team up and we'll work this way together. And as we get closer to the end, we'll finish the race. You see this a lot in racing team in auto racing. You'll see teammates help each other through drafting. Um, they draft behind and can slingshot people. I always think when I think about draft and racing, I think of Ricky Bobby. It's like, it's like, it's like, shake and bake, slingshot, engaged, and they went to the race. Now that that actually happens in auto racing, maybe not to the hilarity of Ricky Bobby, but this is something that can really help in this situation. Remember, just being alone, taking care of. 12 to 16 dogs just imagine taking care of 12 to 16 dogs on your own like that just to me sounds like a challenge let alone being able to do it in a really cold area where they're working their t tails off literally to get to a lo location it's a lot and they're they're pulling their supplies. Now, at each checkpoint, they have food and veterans and all this stuff. Make sure the dogs are okay, the people are okay. They don't want this just to be, you go 
nonstop. That's crazy. They want you, they want everyone to be safe and healthy. And so they have these checkpoints. And at each checkpoint, Dick and Rick stop together. And I imagine that they're just, it's like, oh man, what are you still doing here? It's like, you know, you can't get away from me. I'm, I got all the experience. You're just, you're just new at this. I got all the experience and all the wins. So they end up also camping together and they would challenge each other. It's like, I'm going to make it to the next point before you. No, 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 man. I'm going to do it. You can't beat me. You're old. You know, these things keep happening. And they get to one of the checkpoints towards the end and a blizzard starts to happen. And it, that happens. I mean, the, these races are ran when it's cold and it's it can be the weather is ever changing. So a blizzard can happen in the middle and that's why your time can never be predicted. You can never predict that you're going to win or set a record time or anything like that because you have no idea what the weather's going to do. And they barely made it through the weather. You know, through this time, their friend Emmett Peters, who was just right behind them, you know, <laughs> imagine it was like, hey guys, I'm, I'm still here. Hey, can, can I join? Hey guys, can I be your friend? What I, what I like to imagine, if you've ever seen Finding Dory... One of my favorite stories, or one of my favorite jokes from that, is the two seals that sleep on this rock. And they have one friend that they let on the rock if they want anything from him. And he loves to be on the rock. And they actually, like, they need a bucket he has. And so they let him on the rock. Like, oh, that's nice, isn't it? And they go, off, 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 off. Like, <laughs> tell him to get off after, like, five seconds because... They don't want him. They just want to use him. And I imagine that's this Emmett in this thing. It's like, yeah, Emmett, thanks for coming. You're so helpful. Oh, 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 you brought you brought some snacks. Oh, oh, thank you, Emmett. Yeah. Oh, good. You're so weird, Emmett. Just a weird guy. I imagine just Emmett being that weird guy that's just always hanging around them. He's like, hey, guys, can we, can we, can we friends? Can we slap hands. Slap hands. We're friends. Yeah, 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 I mean, we're, we're friends. They end up losing for Emmett in this blizzard. They, they fight through it, and Emmett just gets kind of lost. And they describe this this blizzard as being so thick with snow, you could barely see your leaf dog. So it's very difficult to know you're going the right way. They have markers, like colored markers, and to mark the trail, and that's all they could see to know they were going the right way. You take that one and it points you which way to go and you just go straight and hope you see the next one because it's a dangerous time. You could easily get lost, get off track, and you know, get lost and you know end up in a very dangerous situation. One thing that happens, I mean, there are moose that come out of nowhere and there's been stories where they have attacked mother mooses you know feel threatened and attack the sled dogs and actually have killed dogs during the sled race susan butcher the first woman that finishes the race this happened to her one year and it's a dangerous situation moose are so big they can just take out so many things and she got lucky that another musher came by ended up having a, a gun and could shoot the moose before he caused any more damage or hurt to her or her dogs but she ended up losing two two dogs to this incident. So it's a very dangerous thing. We can see maybe moose in the, in the movie kind of around. So to, to create that 
Danger factor. No, okay. I know. We're probably it's a movie, so we're not gonna have moose. We're gonna have wolves. <laughs> Let's be honest. We're gonna have wolves do this because you need it to actually feel like dangerous. And people see moose, they don't see it dangerous. But you see a wolf, you think danger. And so we're gonna have wolves during this blizzard kind of be around, kind of see their red eyes, that dangerous, scary thing. So they get towards one of these last checkpoints and they're getting on each other's nerves. I mean, just imagine you're exhausted. Your dogs are exhausted. You're taking care of everything. You're trying to win this race and you can't break away from this guy because he's always around you and you're kind of helping him, but you kind of don't want to help him anymore. Like, dude, you go your own way. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. I'm done. I'm done. They get They got about two days left. Like, I'm done hanging out with you. I know we're winning and Emmett is back there being real creepy, but I'm done. You go your own way. Rick's like, you go in your own way and I'll go mine. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I've won this without you. And they do this and they're, they're like, okay. And then the big blizzard comes and they're like, okay, I guess we can hang out still. <laughs> we need each other. It's like, okay, Dick, can, can you help me? Cause we, we need to stick together. Like there's wolves out there. I can't see where I'm going. Let's work together so we don't both get lost. We got to work together to finish this. And they get to the Solomon checkpoint, which is one of the last checkpoints. And they, they waited out at one of the cottages and something. So just like there's a break from everything going on. So they leave and the, the blizzard is slowly dying. It's their last day to make it to their to their last finish. And this is the point where they're like, okay, we're out of the storm. Now let's break. And like Rick's like, hiya. They do have whips. Now they use whips as more of a sound though. They use that sound to kind of direct the dogs. They're not actually whipping the dogs like they did. Like for horse racing, that's not what they're doing here. So they use the whip to kind of direct the dogs. So he's got that whip and he goes, and the dogs take off and like he's leaving Dick in the dust. But Dick slowly comes back up and they're go they're tail to tail is what they call it. So they're 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 in a line, they're going off each other, drafting each other, you know, about to engage that slingshot. And they make the turn toward the corner, and they hear his gnome. Gnome is where the finish line is. And this is where things start to go haywire. Rick looks back and yells at Dick, Now if you stay right there, we'll be first and second, okay? And Dick's like, Well, hell with that, I want to win! And so that... That's when he makes his move. And like he was nipping at the heels. If Rick would have lifted up his foot, he would have kicked one of Dick's dogs. Like it was that close. They were that close coming along to the finish. And they make the turn into town. And then there's this big bus. And Rick kind of gets caught up into it. Like it's out of the ordinary. His dogs aren't ready for that. They've been out in the wilderness and they've come into like a city environment. And there's a old school bus he gets kind of tangled up in has to get his dogs out and then as as dick's looking back like, ah, ah, then his dogs get tangled up with a photographer in his tripod so he's like oh gotta be kidding me so he's working he gets out he gets his dogs untangled and then they make their final push they're neck and neck and like the funny thing is you wouldn't imagine that this would be something that you would be, you picture it in dog sleds that they're just going to only be on their dog sleds. And that's not the case. They do not have to be on the sled 
to win the race. And that actually happens a lot. Rick, whenever he wins, he's actually running with his dogs to the finish line. It's one way to kind of help the dogs because there are fans along the fans along the edge and you want to be able to make sure that they don't get distracted or they, they know where they're going to because this is a new environment for them from what they've been experiencing the past couple weeks. So they're running along with their dogs trying to get them to finish. And Rick Rick's running and he's like exhaustion and he's like the weather actually turned so much that it is like 60 70 degrees now and they're still wearing their giant parkas so he's dripping sweat all over and he's just trying to get every inch out of his dogs and out of himself and he runs and runs and runs and his first dog crosses the plane which is this big wooden archway it was there for years and just natural wood and that is the iconic finish line and the rules actually state that in his first dog crosses the finish line he sees him go through that archway and he goes to everything out you're kind of exhausted he goes to lay back on his sled where you have some cushion and stuff well he completely <laughs> misses his sled and everyone gets all worried because oh no did he have a heart attack what's going on well he just collapsed he was fine and this is where we get this epic picture we'll post this on our socials but this epic picture of him like being lifted by people just look like Oh, like he just got baptized or something. Oh, oh, did I win? Like, it's like he almost didn't realize it because Rick was right there. And interesting note. So right after Dick, Nick Offerman's character, first passes the finish line, they stop. He falls back. He stops his dogs. They don't actually all go through the finish line. And then Rick, his actually go all the way through the finish line. So there was a little debate, and the rules were a little bit vague. Is it the dog that first passes, or is it the first sled that comes all the way through? There's so much commotion with these two guys actually being there at the same time, because this doesn't happen. Usually, there's one to two hour difference between first and second place. It has never, ever been this close, and never been this close since. And it ends up being one second difference is what they count it as. And the guy deciding, the, the judge on the line, has to tell who actually finished the race by looking between people's legs and just imagine gets crouched down because it's just such a fiasco as they're running down everyone's excited he gets bumped down he's looking down the line making sure he gets the best view possible and he sees dick's dog pass first and so he's like dick's the winner but rick protests because the rules are a little bit vague because in every other dog race it's the first dog but the rules for they did a rod weren't changed from the original rules to say first dog they're just first team is what it says and it doesn't like specify them so the idea of rod team people get together and they decide the judges get together and decide so there's that moment of like clarity two guys are waiting and like it's like it's just like right, who's gonna win they're just kind of standing there like on a podium it's like this is very much like gonna be like it's like boxing match. And the winner is... By technical not. Like, you know, you lift one of the boxers. And like, the winner is... Dick Mackey! Bye, dog! And that, that's, how it, that's how it kind of ends up. So Dick ends up winning the race. It's his only I did a rod race. That he wins. And it, he just is loving it. And he has one of the best lines 
if anyone brings up the argument, if Rick brings it up today, he this is what he says to him. He's like, I'm going to censor a little bit. He's like, you don't measure a horse race by the horse's butt. <laughs> and that's what, like, what race do you measure by the butt? And that's how he says, like, he won. Rick, I mean, he's like, uh, I mean, yeah, he's, like, he's like, I'll give it to him. He won the race. But, you know, I think I did. You know, there's always that back and forth. They still remain friends. They're still friends to this day. They're, you know, it's not a bad thing. You can see photos of them. And, you know, now we go to the epilogue. The words at the end describing where they've gone, what caused this, and everything like that. And, you know, Dick didn't end up winning any more races. But his brother, also named Rick, won, a, won an Iden Rod. And his son, Lance, has won four Iden won four I did a rides in a row which no one had ever done before and is still racing to this day so they have a lineage of these races and Rick you know, as we said before has went on to win five races known as the king of the I did a rod because he's the only racer to ever achieve that and he did so winning a race in three different decades one in the 70s 80s and one his final one at the age of 45 in 1991 and that is the movie. Thank you for listening to the Sports Film Pitch. If you like the show, share it with a friend. And the more we grow, the more great stories we can bring you. If you know a great sports story that hasn't been made into a movie or hasn't got its just dues, you can let us know. At the Sports Film Pitch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on sportsfilmpitch.com. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to. You can go to the website and find where all the apps we are. And if we're not on your app, let us know. We're a believer in giving back. And we're going to donate a portion of any money we generate from this podcast to a sports charity. If you have a sports charity that you are involved in and you love to be a part of, let us know. Right now, we're going to be donating to the Special Olympics, which is an organization I have been a part of basically my entire life. And I love to be a part of and I love their mission. So again, let us know. Talk to us. We want to be involved. We want you to help. If there's a casting you like, if there is a story out there if there's a charity out there let us know everything and thank you for listening and we'll see you again on the next episode <laughs>